Hi, I'm Abigail. And I'm Dabney. Welcome, Welcome to, to You vs. You, a space where we give permission to talk openly about things no one talks about. And everything we wish we would have known when we were younger that we know now. The only thing we know for sure is that we don't know it all. Hey guys, welcome back to You vs. You. Um, today we are going to be talking about maybe toxic um, behaviors that we do in our relationships, both romantic um, and platonic, that are unhealthy or don't really serve us. Um, since there's no blueprint to relationships, we all learn as we go. So um, that's what we'll be discussing today. So to start off, I think one of the biggest unhealthy slash toxic behaviors in a relationship would be assumptions. Basically, assuming that the person that you're talking to or the person that you're with, assuming that they know how you feel or assuming that you know how they feel without ever even bringing it up or talking to them. Right. And that, as the old, old saying goes... Assuming only makes an ass out of you and me, <laughs> which is so true because mm-hmm. especially I think with the male-female dynamic, like with Brad, um, my husband Brad and myself, that is like I will assume that he understands what I'm trying to say or understands why I'm mad at him and he has no idea and it turns into a way bigger fight than if I would have just been clear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I do that too. It's like I blow things out of proportion because I'm assuming that like for Matt, Matt, for example, what he said is what he meant and that's not what he meant at all. Right. When I could have just been like, what do you mean by that? (laughs) It's so much easier, you know? (laughs) Yep. I know. And I think, uh, for example, like um, I'll be – like in the mornings, I typically get my toddler ready to go to go to daycare and everything. And then Brad, he has to go teach. Um, like, so he, anyways, our mornings are just different because I have the time flexibility. So sometimes in the mornings, I'm like annoyed that I have to like get the lunches ready, get him dressed, get his diaper changed, like stop biting the dog, like stop, you know, doing all this <laughs> stuff. And then I, Brad's like, well, why are you so annoyed? And I'm like, can't you see I'm doing everything? And then I, but I'm like, if I would have just like, I assumed he could understand by me slamming cabinets <laughs> and stomping around the house. But it is true. Like communication, like everyone says in a relationship is key. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think you're exactly right. Assumption kind of bleeds into communication. And that's just something that you could you could avoid such a big fight if you just communicate how you're feeling and kind of going back to our vulnerability episode it's hard to talk about how you're feeling and it's hard to be like what you're doing is making me feel this way and because you sometimes i do this a lot it's like i just want him to know you know Mm -hmm. i want him to know how i'm feeling right how can i not fix it mind reader how can i ask him to do that and same thing with me it's like i have no idea how like my husband's feeling or even when I'm talking to like a friend, I don't know how they're feeling, but it's like, why do I want that from them? Yep, exactly. And I think it's, we need to look deeper within ourselves when it comes to unhealthy relationship behaviors rather than trying to assume it's the other person. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've heard 
or I maybe read a couple years ago or listened to a podcast about relationships. I'm always very interested in relationship dynamics because I feel like I was not shown or demonstrated a healthy relationship by my parents, which it goes back to also like, you can't be what you've never seen. Mm -hmm. Like if you were shown or demonstrated a healthy dynamic, you probably demonstrate that with your spouse. But if you were shown like maybe a toxic or whatever, you'll probably act that out too. So I've always tried to been like proactive about seeking information out. And I heard one time a guy said that it's not the best relationships or the the relationships that have the most longevity. It's not about if the couples fight, it's how well they fight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so interesting. It's like, you're going to fight with your partner more most likely Mm -hmm. even though on social media it seems like nobody fights with their partner right (laughs) which is another subject but perfect (laughs) yep um exactly and but i think that like for you and matt for example when you guys get into a fight what is typically the dynamic like what how do you guys fight so it's so that's so interesting because i'm super headstrong so i'm and i'm so stubborn so i'm more of like a when I'm getting mad, my voice just raises without me even knowing. And he's so calm. He's like, Dav, just stop yelling at me. <laughs> and it's just funny because like when you get worked up, you do these things without even noticing. And like you mm-hmm. said, going back to like your parents' relationship and even like my relationship with my parents and my siblings when I was younger, that's how I would fight with my siblings or have an uh, argument with my parents. Right. And then like when I get super mad, I just shut down. I just stop talking and I don't communicate and I'm just like, I just stop. I yeah, have nothing else to say. Yeah, you sound like Brad. He raises his voice and then I'm like, why are you yelling? Yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> like he wants to kill me and then he shuts down and he will – it's literally like a stone wall mm-hmm. and then it makes me even more crazy. Yeah. So that's interesting that you and what and Matt's usually the calm one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Huh. That is interesting. And I feel like with me and Brad, it's we're both very strong headed, stubborn. Which, by the way, I feel like growing up and everything is like, oh, he's stubborn or she's stubborn. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a cool not a cool thing, but like people took pride in that. Yeah. I think if you're stubborn, that fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a thing you should be proud of. It's hard to work By the through. way, it yeah. very much is. It's like an ego. It's very – being stubborn, I don't think, is a, is a thing to be proud of, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But we're both very stubborn, actually. Um, so it is not – we get in. We get into it. And then um, I think my toxic trait um, in a relationship, which is actually, like, very vulnerable for me to talk about because – I've actually probably never talked about it out loud, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I will go like cutthroat and I'll throw like our relationship on the line, Mm -hmm. which is like, now that I say that out loud, I'm like, that is like not healthy at all. But I've always done that. My, my go-to is to flee like Mm -hmm. the fight or flight. I am like, okay, we're done. Like we'll break up. That's it. I'm doing this on my own. And I, but that's my go-to from, and we've actually, when Brad and I first started dating about a year in, we broke up because I kept threatening to break up. And Mm -hmm. finally he was like, okay, then we're done. And we broke up for six months. And then I came back like a coward and (laughs) (laughs) with my tail tucked between my legs. But do you have any 
toxic traits yeah. that you have. That's interesting that you say that too, because I feel like it's almost like you do that as a protective shell. 100%. You're trying to protect yourself. Yes. And I think that's a big thing with every unhealthy behavior and relationship is we're trying to protect ourselves and defend ourselves. Yes. Because you don't want to put yourself out there like I'm the problem, you know? And that's it. That that's, and hard. I think that's why it's hard for me to talk about it because it, I am actually probably the problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because I never learned healthy coping skills. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would be very curious to talk to like a relationship coach or oh, something yeah. of like, and I still don't know. And I, I've gotten better. Um, but you're right when you're in the moment and tensions are high. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what I do too is, is I've actually never thought about it is I project what's happening in the moment of this is the rest of my life with this person. Right. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm out mm-hmm. right now. But it's, that's life too, as yeah. things come up. And then they go away. And then they come up mm-hmm. and then they go away. So, and Like you said, it's how good you fight. It's how you work through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one, I'd say my biggest toxic trait is I turn like every emotion that I have into anger. And I've always yeah. done that. And that's something that I've been working on for, I mean, years. And I oh, will probably work on it every day of my life. Yeah. And I don't know why I do that, but it's... And like you're right, maybe it'd be so super interesting to talk to somebody about like why I do that in my head and act that way. But that's affected me in some, I mean, in more than just like my relationship with my spouse, but like relationship with friends and like Mm -hmm. my siblings, especially. And even like if I'm sad, if I'm frustrated, it's like, I mean, I'm just pissed off about it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, so for example, if you were like, if someone were to, I don't know, do something to an well, I don't know. Either like so you're saying all of your emotions transpire into anger for yeah. you and then you Yeah. Yeah. Which, I think that's pretty normal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's it's kinda hard to work there because I mean even something like grief, you know, like something that I should just allow to wash over me and feel and be sad in the moment, I I'd rather choose to be angry about it. Mm. You know, like when my grandpa passed away, it was like of course I was so sad, but it's almost like I was angry that I couldn't have like one more day with him. Yeah. You know, it's like I, in my head, I just turned it into an anger thing. Do you feel like we resort to emotions that make us feel, I don't know how to articulate this, but it, we resort to emotions that make us feel safe because that was our go-to in our childhood. And I think you're exactly right. I think it, it's more comfortable for me to feel angry than it is to feel sad. Were you an angry frustrated. kid? I know that no, that's like, yeah. <laughs> like, we all know the angry kid, but I'm like, I feel like I was like super, I would get so angry and frustrated mm. and I, but I don't know if yeah. that was you too. No, it's so funny because I was not like that. But the thing with me is kind of like we talked about in our vulnerability and communication that I've talked about a few times is I don't like to show people that I have emotion. Mm. You know, I don't like to show people that I'm sad. I don't cry in front of people. You know, yeah. I don't outwardly say like, I'm frustrated. You know, I try to stay very level-headed. And I think that's why, because I don't like mm. to project any other emotion and show like my true colors right. almost. And yeah, so I think in my relationship, especially with my spouse, a piece of advice is he is so good about like he was so good about getting to know me and like realizing mm. that is how 
I am. And so he'll recognize that in me. Yeah. Okay, but like, how are you really feeling? Like, are you just sad? Like, what's wrong? Right. And he'll just keep asking me, like, I know something's bothering you. Like, what is it? You know, so. And then how do you work through that? Like, when you do get really angry, what do you do then to, like, bring yourself back down? Or what are your coping mechanisms? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I think it's important to have, like, one person. Even if, you know, you're not in a relationship, it's a best friend, your mom, Mm -hmm. your sister. I think it's important to have the one person, like, you can talk to and trust. And Mm -hmm. for me, that is my husband. But for someone, it can be. A different person you know but he I it takes me a minute it takes me a hot minute yeah. to actually work through it but I finally open up and like try to talk about the, and then I recognize I don't know why I feel like this but I think this is why mm-hmm. and then as I as you keep talking about it you kind of so you it. usually talk it out yeah is what you're but that took me a long time to do you know yeah. and I think that's an unhealthy thing too is just thinking you can handle it all on your own. Right. That's a good point. I feel like when I get, like, something happens um, that's overwhelming or, like, I get stressed about something, um, which I guess doesn't necessarily always have to do with relationships, but, like, in my job or something happens, I'll typically, like, I'm trying to think what I even do do. I feel like I try to, like, find a way and I bet it has something to do like with releasing dopamine or mm-hmm. something in your brain because your cortisol is probably elevated or something. But I feel like I do things like it's like delayed for me. Like all if I get like worked up during the day at night, I'll like like binge social media. I'll like mm-hmm. scroll and I like can't stop scrolling or I'll like sit and like um, – just like do like weird like I just feel like I'll like stay up later or I'll do things that is just not healthy. It's like I guess it builds the, and builds and builds throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, and then it comes out later in like weird I think coping mechanisms that aren't healthy if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably and I don't like I don't drink, I don't smoke weed. A lot a lot of people do that to like which mm-hmm. I probably should. <laughs> I think about <laughs> <Like> it release. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense though, is people probably do drink and stuff because it's taking the uh, that is this is not making sense to me now it's like they they're trying to take the edge off of the day mm-hmm. and i do it in ways that i never learned like coping mechanisms right, right. which i probably should like but i don't know what to do mm-hmm. go for a walk maybe or right. go in my room alone and read or i don't know i don't know what people do yeah other than drink or watch TV or do stuff that, in my opinion, isn't really healthy. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. I was listening to a different podcast, uh-huh. and one of the points he made was that as humans, especially nowadays, we use self-care, quote-unquote self-care, as a way to mask unhealthy behaviors. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think, oh. do you think like, you do that, or have, like, what do you think that really means? So, let me see if I'm understanding this. For example, like I will, someone will go get a massage as self-care, but they're really like stressed out of their mind and they're not dealing with the problem. mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't go to the root of the problem. (sighs) Yeah. I think, yeah, 100%. I -hmm. think people are like, I'm going to go take a bubble bath or go do, yes. Another example could be like, 
I need to go binge shopping. And then yes. they go spend like a thousand dollars because it made them feel better in the moment. But then now you're even more stressed because you're out a thousand dollars. Yes, but know? it's masked as like self care, like treat yourself or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm. St- I don't think I do that. I think what I do is I, I just think I have toxic like coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's like conducive in my head. I'm like. And now I can recognize it. Like I'll get very stressed out in the day and I'm like, okay, this evening, let's take all your makeup off like early because I'll like delay, for example, like this is actually a good point. I'll delay like getting ready for bed mm-hmm. and then I'll sit and like pick at my eyelash, like the mascara on my Right, right. <laughs> sounds so crazy. <laughs> and But that's not healthy, but it's because I've like delayed getting ready for bed and mm-hmm. then are all like or if I have like a pimple or something I'll like pick at my skin right okay I sound psychotic but I just feel like I have weird that's not good for me but I should go and like I'll be like okay take your makeup off early um get your pajamas on give mm-hmm. Brooks a bath and I'll try to like be proactive about it so then I can like bring down my if, if this is all making sense mm-hmm. like I'll yeah. try to like bring down my cortisol or like whatever my stress hormones are happening. Um, but if I don't do that, it does spiral me into like weirdness yeah. where I'm like, what am I doing? And I think people do that probably too, or they'll stay up and they'll drink or they'll do stay watching TV too late. And then the next morning mm-hmm. it happens all over again. Right. And then, um, but I forget what your question was of, um, oh, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I, I do that to, distract myself I think I should do that right if that makes sense mm-hmm. like I should like probably take a bubble bath or like do something for myself rather than hurt myself right more of sense. an unwind rather yes than a, yes yeah, but people probably do mask their whatever's happening with oh I need self-care mm-hmm. and they don't deal with the issue when I think like you said with drinking I think people even think oh you know having a bottle of wine is self-care yes you know they yes. mislabel self-care because there yeah. is a lot of things that could help like a bubble bath or like you mentioned reading taking a walk if you live somewhere nice yes with your dog that those are all things that spike your cortisol and it's you know or not your cortisol what's the happy hormone? like your serotonin or yes. dopamine yeah yes, i don't exactly. know <laughs> not a doctor um, that spikes that and makes you i mean instantly feel better no yes. matter what you're doing and i i think too like one thing Brad and I get into um, is, and I've listened to so much data and information about how bad screens are for us. Mm-hmm. So I think when I listen to something and I'm like, oh no, I can't ever do this. So I'm very like, that's probably another toxic trait is I um, I try to be like ultra, not healthy, but like I try to, well, I don't know what the word is, but if I listen to something that's like blue light is bad for you, I will go order the blue light glasses that yeah. day. And yeah. like, I'm very <laughs> prone to falling into that stuff. But at <laughs> night, so Brad is a teacher and he works all day. And then at night, I think he wants to like numb his mind. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, my my parents did this growing up, is they want to just binge watch a show and like let their mind, which I think is probably helpful sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I think it is not healthy so I get into it and I'm like, why do you just sit here and watch TV all night? Like, mm-hmm. let's talk. And he's like, I've talked all day. Yeah. Can we? And so I don't know how, like, especially in Wyoming, when we do have 
snow, snow and bad weather. Mm -hmm. What other things do you think people could do at night, like with their partners that you bring, you wind down, Yeah, but you're not just like mindlessly staring at a TV. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think something important and I didn't really do this growing up, but especially like with us starting a family, I want to implement this more is when we get home and make dinner, I want to actually sit at the table and eat the dinner with each other, like completely tuned in no phones and we're bad about that too like we'll make dinner and like oh we're tired we want to go sit on the couch and then we're just watching tv and not paying any attention to each other yep so i think maybe that's a good start is make dinner maybe together or if you don't make the dinner and actually sit down together and eat it and be fully focused on each other yes talk about your day ask them how they're doing you know because and that's a big thing too is like when your partner gets home or anyone you live with Ask them how their day was. Yeah. You know, just be a human. Don't assume that they had a great day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you don't. And you just need to talk about it. Yeah. And but like for me, I'm not going to just like be like, hey, Abigail, I had a terrible day. This is why. I don't like I'm just not like that unless yeah. you ask me like, how was your day? You know? Right. And maybe that's something I should <laughs> do yeah. more to talk about it. But yeah, I think that could be a good start. And then from there. I mean, I like to read, but I think that's because I work a desk job. So exactly. I'm on the computer all day. I don't want to go look at another screen. Exactly. And so. that's me too. I love to read at night. And Brad doesn't. He's a reading teacher, so mm-hmm. he's read all day. But I think that's one thing is like I view it as like you have a toxic trait of watching TV at night. And it's like actually he's maybe it's not a toxic right. trait. So whatever yeah and like assuming that's a toxic trait when maybe for him it's his way to unwind exactly yeah and i'm over here pulling up my makeup coming off my face (laughs) (laughs) like that's a real toxic trait um but yeah i think it is so like i just think we live our lives and we kind of just think like and i think this is so important to talk about is like we just think like our relationships with our spouses especially will just fall into line fall into place mm-hmm. and be like we love each other and then you start having kids and then the yes. kids become priority and then it's the relationships an afterthought and you just years go by and then you're kind of just like and you see it people literally let themselves go you get complacent and you get complacent and you're just then you're my parents for example Brad's parents for example a lot of parents i know they don't like each other. You have to like your spouse. And I think you 20, 30 years go by and you're just, you still act out all the things you did as coping or mm-hmm. protective mechanisms as a child mm-hmm. and you're in your fifties and sixties. You've mm-hmm. never dealt with it. Yep. And so I try to be very proactive now of like, oh yeah, I learned this when I was a kid. I saw this from my parents. How do I do differently? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to do differently. I'm just learning as I go. Right. But yeah, I yeah. actually heard a quote and I love it. It said, soulmates are not found, they're made. And I think that's something you need to keep at the center of your, your relationship for the entirety of your relationship. Yes. Like you said, it's so easy to put it on the back burner, especially when life gets busy. That's yes. when it gets hard, you know? Yep. And um, I think one of my biggest things that I love to always say is take inventory on your own life. And I feel like that's kind of the point of this podcast and something that you and I both do, I think. And, but it's not something that 
just that we just do. It's something that we have to work on every day, every single day. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the biggest thing that we're trying to put out there is we do this because those are things that we wish our younger self would have known, but also things that we're learning from our younger selves. Right. Exactly. And, I mean, taking inventory and with every aspect. I mean, we choose specific topics, obviously, but just questioning your own self is only going to make you grow, but make you a better person and a better partner. Yep. And that's one thing, like when we get into a fight or me and Brad, for example, I mean, he'll be like, you never act like you do anything wrong. It's always me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, duh. <laughs> but you're right. I have a hard time looking at myself sometimes because I feel like I'm so well-versed in all this personal growth shit, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a paradox. Like yeah. the more I learn about it, I feel like the more I'm like aware of it mm-hmm. and the more I probably like read into it. And he, Brad doesn't like, look, really is not interested in any of it. And he's probably healthier with dealing with stuff than I am. Right. Which is very interesting, mm-hmm. but it's true. I feel like I need to, have a look in the mirror sometimes and be like, yeah, this is one thing that keeps coming up in my work relationships, Mm -hmm. my romantic and my familiar. Maybe you should look at this. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think one other thing too is Matt and I actually had this conversation the other day is placing blame. And that's a huge thing in every relationship in your life. And he, we were talking about something and he asked me, well, whose fault is that? And I just looked at him and I was like, well, it's, it's nobody's fault. Like, why does it have to be somebody's fault? And then he just laughed and was like, no, that was a trick question because that's what we do all the time is we try to blame each other. Yes. You and know? you know what I will say to that too is I, did you ever hear like the Jocko, do you know who Jocko is? Um, anyways, he's like this military guy. He wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never read the book, but it's been referenced a lot in podcasts that I've listened to. And so I really took that. And so now that actually was one thing that like I think changed the game for me is for example, in a real estate transaction, we like to blame mm-hmm. the lender, the underwriter, the appraiser, the inspector. That is like the name of the game is blame. Yeah. And absolutely. I actually take that and I like, I've, I always take the blame now mm-hmm. and it has changed my dynamic with people. And I really like to like be like, you know what? That is my fault. This is 100% my fault. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, it makes people respect you more. Absolutely. Which I think is crazy mm-hmm. because I think we like to blame like, I'm sorry, I had no idea about this. But I think if you take that and it's hard to do, but if you're like, this was my fault, I should have mm-hmm. noticed this, even if it wasn't, 100% of the time people are like, it wasn't your fault. Right. You don't need to take the blame. But if you if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah but, especially in your career yes but yeah. blaming is very strange and i've learned quickly i think because it has been talked about so much on successful people's podcasts yep is own it own it and don't blame anybody mm-hmm. and your life will change yeah definitely to spin off of that too is learning to say sorry that yes. is one of the biggest things that i've learned in the past matt and i've been together almost six years so the past six years that's the one thing that I've learned is just going back to him and being like, I'm sorry. I was being crazy. I'm sorry. That was out of line. Like, I'm sorry. That was me. No matter what age you are mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Even to like, I mean, parents, siblings, all of that, but even to like 
little kids because I feel like like with my little cousins like oh I'm yes you know you I don't know for example like you can't have this like I'm sorry you can't have that right now because you need to do that that teaches them yeah to say sorry as well yep. you know and that's something hard to do is admitting that you're actually sorry about something because it admits defeat and that you're wrong quote unquote and you are the one to blame right but it yeah. so doesn't but that's how we're trained like in our head yep and that's like your immediately thought of your immediate thought about it is why would i say sorry that wasn't my fault yes you know <laughs> but in a weird roundabout way it it makes you look like the better and it feels good and it like mm -hmm. it's just like i'm so sorry about that or i'm sorry i did this of course i'll fix it or whatever and then it almost makes the other person be like oh yeah what it you don't need to be sorry right like but exactly it, it is true it's weird how simple and i'm sorry so far mm -hmm. and so. one last point to make is think about the things you're saying before you say it like growing up they always oh, say if so you don't have anything that. nice to say don't say it at all right <laughs> and, me the week before my period like, right? <laughs> oh, i'm the worst i know i was just gonna say like with pregnancy hormones <laughs> they speak for me right yes <laughs> but i've tried really hard especially during my pregnancy to be like that is not nice. Why would I say that? You it, know? That is so very think about yes. It. It's very true. I have yes. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, just to wrap it up, take inventory on yourself and look at yourself before looking at the other person and thinking there's a problem with them, because mm -hmm. that is in yourself. That is where the root of all unhealthy behaviors and toxic behaviors that are affecting your relationships are coming from yeah within yourself 100 percent, and um we all have toxic traits own it be aware of it apologize for it yes and i think um learn from it and grow from it and you'll be better and your kids will be better and it will serve you 100 you know. so thanks guys for listening um and we'll see you guys next episode